2: Welcome to Hunt for Reds October podcast, episode 57, the Roberto Pettiglini edition. I'm your host, Coop, and I don't know if I pronounced that right, but he played in 34 games in 1998 for your Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Tonight, we've got some people here to talk some Reds baseball with you, and let's start with Burmy. Burmy, how are you doing tonight?
3: I'm doing great, Coop. Thanks for having me back. I, uh, you know, I'm happy to be here, and I want to give a big shout out to Ram at UncRam. The birds are coming for you.
2: Shout out to Ram. We also have the woo on
1: tonight. Woo. How you doing today? Today? Pretty good. Glad to uh, be back. So, and, um, enjoying some Cardinals Twitter tonight. So it's good times.
2: Yeah. we'll we'll probably do a little discussion of the major trade quote unquote that just went down tonight. Uh, we got branch on branch this fine evening.
0: I'm doing really well. Um, uh, thanks for having me back. I'm really, uh, really excited to be here. And uh, again, thank you.
2: I, for one, am excited to have you here. Ken, how are you tonight?
4: Got, got my bourbon, got my Reds. I'm better than I serve.
2: So why don't we uh, jump right into the hot fucking stove here. So Shogo Akiyama, of course, signed with the Reds, and we're going to talk about what he means for the next three years here in Cincinnati. He is a gold glove in Japan center fielder. We'll see how, where, if he plays center or left here in Cincinnati. Gets on base. We've we've talked about that. We talked about it on the emergency podcast. But outside of Shogo, it's kind of gotten quiet on the Reds' front. There was a little bit of chatter about Corey Seeger from Ken Rosenthal that the Reds have chipped in with the Dodgers throughout the offseason of course, Francisco Lindor, the Indians, I don't think are going to trade him. But does Akiyama take the Reds out of the Uzuna and Castellanos markets? And perhaps even Yasiel Puig? So, Ken, what are your thoughts?
4: I think they're still looking to improve the team. Um, it, if they get an outfielder, um, they break. But it sounds like Castilla- Castellanos is down to... Um, the Rangers and somebody else and Ozuna was down to the Cardinals and the Rangers but the Cardinals trade tonight of what Jose Martinez um, that might portend that they have, that they're very close to a deal with Ozuna um, so that that we're running out of free agents. Um, so maybe that means Dick Williams is pleased with his outfield of Akiyama Senzel and then Winker Irvin. I'm interested to see what that means for Aquino. I still think there's a trade out there, but as for free agents for outfield, yeah, um, they're probably out.
2: Yeah, so Jose Martinez, if you're just joining us, which, I mean, whatever, um, he was traded from the Cardinals to the race tonight. He had a much better 2018 than he did last year. 2018, he um, put up a 124 OPS+. plus. Last year, just a 97 OPS+. plus. I mean, his numbers were down all across the board, and he's going into his age 31 season, so I'm not sure why the Rays were so willing to give up a top five prospect for him, but hey, whatever. That does clear off, like you were saying, a spot for the Cardinals to potentially re-sign Ozuna or even, I think it was, I don't know if it was Heyman or if it was Nightingale who said that the Cardinals were in on Nolan Arenado too, so... Let's hope that's not the case. Uh, woo! give me your thoughts on the state of the hot stove.
1: Uh, you know, there's ups and downs. Um, I, I don't think the red's done. I think, I mean, right now, you know, you've got you got your plato- platoon in left. you got show going right, and you got some zone center, and you don't really have a shortstop. You've got a defensive shortstop, but you don't have, you have an offensive hole, and it kind of needs to be addressed. Hopefully they they make a move and make sure. I think getting another outfielder is the depth that gives them to then you know okay maybe we could package Senzel or Winker or you know something along those lines uh, to to make a trade. We'll see. Uh, and there's others out there you know that are still there that'll be serviceable. You know a league average league average plus uh, bat. Um, you know you obviously Twig's out there still. Um, you have uh, Domingo Santana as well who you know he only plays a corner and you know, maybe as a little of a defensive liability, but he's got decent bat. And, uh, you know, if you wanted to go over and still hope to have something serviceable, there's Brett Gardner out there as well. Um, so, I mean, there's still people out there. You don't have the high impact, you know. I, I think the Reds now, that they got um, Shogo would be more tuned to one, Azuna over uh, Castellanos just because of a little more flexibility with the outfield. Um, you, you have the ability, if, if you were to get rid of Sinzel, right? Get another, Like, if you got Ozuna trade away some zelda the dress shortstop you've got a lot of plug and play mentality with the whole outfield i mean it'll be like a super platoon at the end of the day of you know you're not just talking splits left and right you're talking this guy's playing center playing right playing left all over the place not just dedicated hey you're a left fielder when we have a left lefty on the mound you're a left fielder when you have a righty on the mound um there's just a ton that could happen uh if they were to do that so it'll be interesting to see overall though it. it this, the sh- Shogo stuff this week was pretty cool. I don't know if we want to talk about that now or later, but um, um, just a you know pretty big banner day for the Reds, I think, overall. So, anyways. <laughs> Branch.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm really excited about Shogo. Um, I'm, uh, you know, of the three major outfielders that have been out there, I'm actually a little more – I'm probably excited about him because he's the unknown of, you know, like a Pui Castellanos or Ozuna. And I think that unknown just makes me a little more excited about it. Um, I'm seeing – you know, what Wu said is that there's a lot of options for David Bale, and as we talked about last year all season, is he likes to get real knifey-spoony with some stuff. And uh, I, I'm seeing there's going to probably be a lot of platooning going on in that outfield. The winker, Irvin, jumps out of the on the page when you start looking at stats big time, and I don't think any of us have any problem with that one because – when you look at it, you put them two together, and you end up with one really good left fielder as far as offense goes. And um, uh, as far as the, the 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 hot stove right now, yeah, we're we're about out of uh, we're about out of free agents. I mean, Donaldson doesn't do anything for the Reds, but um, you know he's still out there. I think once he falls, you're going to start seeing teams start to really try to make some trades. And there's a lot of big teams that that are competitive teams that haven't done anything. Uh, I think you're going to see the Cubs, uh, the Dodgers. I mean, my gosh, hatched everybody and haven't done anything. And they're about to turn into the Braves of the 90s without a World Series. They're just going to win a bunch of division championships. And, uh, you know, I'm wandering over to their Twitter. Their their fans are starting to panic a little bit. And, yeah, you know, the goal is to beat somebody like Washington Can kill you with pitching. It's I think there's going to be some trades to be made. Uh And the um, the Reds are in a real good position right now to be able to make a trade, it, it, to be able to like, if it makes sense, to pick off the sides of those trades. Say Dodgers panic, go ahead and give up Lux for Lindor, and all of a sudden Seager's out there. The Reds can pluck Seager probably for a lot less, you know, a lot less than Sinzale or Lodolo. You know, we might give up Indian a couple another prospect or something, maybe a reliever. Um you know, I, I just I think there's a lot to, that can happen between now and probably about the week before real spring training starts, not pitchers and catchers, but spring training. Um, and I think it's going to get real exciting because so far this year the hot stove has been awesome. I've been pretty pumped about it.
2: Burma, your hot stove thoughts.
3: I'm thrilled that Martinez is no longer in the division. Maybe I'm the only one. Every time he steps up to the plate, I hold my breath. Maybe it's because he's a big guy that can rake, historically. Maybe it's, Solid you know, point. whatever. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's maybe it's because he's a fucking Cardinal. I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, Matt Carpenter had it down the year last year, and I still hold my breath every time he steps up to the plate and rubs dirt on his fucking bare hands like it's 1926. You know, whatever. Uh, I'm excited about the proposition of, you know, Cardinals always have pitching. Uh, That, to me, I just assume they're going to have pitching no matter how they acquire it. So for them to get rid of bats, awesome. I just hope they end up trading Yadier Molina as a part of it because I am here for that fucking reaction.
0: (laughs) Please, please, please.
2: Yeah, fuck Yachty. Um,
4: I I can't see them trading Yachty or Molina. uh, As much as, as much as I would love to see Cardinals. No, he's
3: more. He's more.
4: He's more valuable than Mike Trout.
0: Don't you read?
2: Yeah, according to Cardinals Uh, fans on Twitter. They
0: will tear that fucking arch down. It'll be in the in the Mississippi. The arch will be gone. It should have been
3: torn down already. It's a piece of shit.
4: Shout out to Kevin Why would Tampa want a backup catcher? Um, anyway. I really like the 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 Winker. Um, I looked up Winker and Urban. If they did a straight platoon, if you take Winker versus right-handers and Urban versus lefties, they slash two ninety nine, three seventy eight, five forty three. Yeah, um, that's a nine twenty one OPS. That's that's really good. Um, I think people forget how good Winker was because he's been injured a- um, which leads me to Seeger. Seeger's only played 115 games over his last two years. So investing a whole crap ton of prospects and, and personnel capital into Seeger really concerns me. Um, Lindor has been super healthy, 150 games every year since he's been a a full-time player. Seeger hasn't done that. Um, so there's a big, there's a big gap in what I'd be willing to give up for
1: each of those two players. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to go out there real quick that, uh, sorry that, um, it's a good sign, I think, that the Reds are sitting where they're at. Like, okay, maybe they get another outfield free agent. But realistically, they've got one hole left to fill, and they haven't used any of their prospects to to address the issues yet. I, I think that's yeah, good. Totally. I mean, that, that's a totally very good movement by the front office to have them in the position where maybe they can get that final piece to to have it a you know a legitimate division-winning team that they could put out there next year. So, I still don't
4: think Galvis is going to be the opening infielder, or sorry, shortstop. Elvis he definitely won't be a,
1: He won't definitely
2: won't be the center fielder. That's true. Um, I agree with you. Uh, That'd be if a problem.
4: You to the field, I take the field. Um,
2: <laughs> if Galvis if is in bet. center, then something has gone wrong. we're,
4: we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah.
0: Unless we do go ahead and get Donaldson, and then we go ahead and trade for Bryant, and we end up with like what five third baseman on this team, really?
1: Third baseman everywhere. Third
0: baseman everywhere. Everybody gets third baseman. We'll trade for Aaron Otto, right? Yeah, I get him too, and we're all baseman.
1: The greatest shift ever.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So let's, let's go back and talk a little Shogo Akiyama here. He was introduced to Cincinnati and the world at a press conference at Great American Ballpark. Going to wear number four, which according to people I've seen on Twitter, shout out to the giant Asian man. Four is a historically unlucky number. It's kind of like the number thirteen in our culture, so maybe he's like got a little Dan Marino in him or something. I don't know. but yeah, so he brought his family and they did the whole meet and greet and the press conference and everything, and seems like a good guy. Uh, but what I was more interested in was some of the things that Dick Williams said during that press conference where the Reds were the first team in on Shogo. And that made a huge impression on him. And then Dick Williams talked about, you know, the investment that the Reds have made in the Pacific Rim with scouting and uh, just getting people into these markets where historically they had lagged behind. To me, that was exciting that it's starting to pay dividends of the Reds being more forward thinking than they were, say, 10, 15 years ago. So, Wu, let's start with you. Give me your thoughts on what this means going forward in terms of the Reds are actually branching out and showing promise in the international
1: market. It's a big deal. Uh, I mean, this this offseason has been two very big things in terms of the history of this franchise. You know, we, we signed a free agent to a substantial contract for the first time ever in the modern era, a modern free agent era, uh, and now we've signed it Legitimate free agent from overseas. Um, n- neither of which have ever happened before, um, and these are two players that willingly were sold, uh, willingly came to Cincinnati. They had a choice of where they wanted to go, and the front office sold them on what the team and the franchise is doing. Um, compare that to any other time, pretty much, <laughs> and it's it's very exciting. It's it makes you feel like the Reds potentially are going to have access to a lot of other players hopefully moving forward that they wouldn't have in the past. Um, and specifically, you know, on the, the Shogo front and and internationally, um, uh, we should really be thanking um, the, when the Reds tried to court Atani, like, two years ago. Like, that was a, a big turning point, I think. Um, there was a lot written up. I think Zach Buchanan had an article in the Acquire about what the Reds front office did and what they, they said they learned a lot trying to sell him on Cincinnati. You know, it wasn't just selling them on the baseball team, but the city and how they put together um, you know, a, a playbook and a pull and all this stuff and all this time and effort and what it, it taught them a lot about how to try to court these players and get them to come. Um, and it's really awesome to see you know, basically two years later dividends from that and paying off and getting a player that's hopefully going to work out and fill a significant role for the club. And it's just overall from, you know, the last, you know, from the last time the Reds won a series in 90 to now, this is the first time it kind of feels like, you know, the Reds are a legitimate in the sense of they can get in there with the big fish and, and, you know, and, and throw an elbow and, and, you know, not to make too many metaphors here, but, you know, be, be a player on, on, out there. And it's, it's exciting. And it, as a fan. It's, it's fun to see. burmy your thoughts.
3: Yeah, Wu just wants to thank God and his agent and everybody else who brought him here, and that was a great segment. No, um, no, seriously, uh, I am pumped. I am pumped for the Akiami Akiyama. Oops, signing. Shogo is going to be great whether he plays center field, right field, left field, DHs, interleague play. It doesn't matter. I'm excited to watch him because he's a guy that gets on base as Moneyball would do. And the thing that I think uh, a lot of people don't understand is they go, oh, he's like 31, 32, whatever. He, he's not it, – it's it's different. Like, Ichiro debuted at 20. So don't think of it from an age standpoint. Think of it from a major league experience standpoint. Like, Ichiro came in and is, what, one of two players all-time to win the MVP and the Rookie of the Year at the same time, him and Fred Lynn, if I'm not mistaken. So – there's a lot of upside that comes with a guy like Ava who has a lot of experience over in Japan that could translate over here to the major leagues. And as long as they can find a nice outfield spot for him to slot in at and play at a consistent, I think uh, Reds fans will be very
0: happy with the production that he provides. Branch. Yeah, one of uh, the dyslexic voices in my head is trying to come up with something about the rising sun and Great American Ballpark, but I can't do it. Um, I'm pretty stoked about the whole... Situation with Akiyama. Uh, listening uh, to other major league players that have played in the United States and in Japan talk about him, it, it's, he's, he's not going to be bad. We don't know how good he's going to be. We don't know how a lot of things are going to translate. But it's something to be super excited about. I don't think the, the OBP is going to drop that much. If you know the strike zone and you have the hit tool, you know the strike zone and you have the hit tool. That's the hardest thing in baseball to actually get. You know the hit tool does not necessarily just go away, and he has that. We know that, so that's a solid thing we can wrap our heads around and be happy about. Um, and having a leadoff hitter, hey, I mean that's that's fantastic, and one that could possibly steal twenty, twenty to thirty bags a year. I mean that's uh, that's great stuff. I'm really I'm really excited for it. It's not a traditional power hitter in right field, which is I think where he's going to play, but it's still. It's still something that the team needs. We need somebody out there before our big bats come up.
2: Ken, give me your thoughts on how the Reds were able to land Shogo. This
0: is this
4: is a big deal for a couple of reasons. Um, one, there are talented baseball players all over the world, especially in Japan. So for the Reds to for the Reds to go to spend money to scout and recruit and land a player shows that yes, that they have their investment over there is paying money. On the other hand, J- Japanese players have been coming to the States for 20 years. Um, NOMO was one of the first ones in the early 90s, but they were going to, to big coastal cities, cities that people in Japan would have heard of, LA, Seattle, Chicago, New York, to, to ink a Japanese player in the heartland in the middle to a city people in our country haven't heard of, let alone Japanese. Um, Maybe that opens a doorway for Shogo to say, "Hey, yeah, this is a great city to live in, and it's a hitter, it's a hitter-friendly ballpark. You're Nash here, yeah. Come sign with me, or come sign to the team that I played for, even if it's a few years down the road. Um, maybe this leads to um, to him being a Japanese scout or a Japanese coach um, because he he has relationships created over there. This is going to pay dividends. This is just um, one gateway, uh, and then off of what Branch says, having having a, a legitimate leadoff hitter um, is going to be great. He, whether he plays center field or right field, this allows um, Senzel to move to a place he's more natural in the lineup. Um, he's always been a three-four hitter. Maybe me will more comfortable down the lineup. Put um, Akiyama and Winker and Orvado at, at the top of the lineup and let them get on base. But I think this line is much improved with Akiyama.
2: Well, and with the new rule of the three batter minimum, the whole knifey-spoony aspect or lineup is only really going to matter for the starting pitcher. So you could potentially be okay with having back-to-back lefties. So if you're having, say, Akiyama lead off and then Vado hitting second and then, say, Suarez at third, that, that rule is going to change. I mean, I hated the whole knifey-spoony. Thing anyway, but I, to me, you put your best leadoff guys in the top of the lineup, and you just go to town. So, yeah. I'm just I'm just really into seeing how his on base uh, skills translate to major league baseball.
4: Hey, I, I the think one. they're going to translate. Um, that the strike zone is the same strike zone. The plate's the same width. the The pitchers throw the same kinds of pitches. Maybe they're a little faster. Maybe the breaking balls break a little sharper, but. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think that eye is a skill that goes away.
1: It's still a bit interesting that the Reds overall still have a question mark. You know, and not for certain. Field. You know, be it Aquino or, or uh, Shogo. It's it's a. Uh, True. It's interesting. I mean, Shogo's got obviously a longer track record. Uh, you know, at the major league level, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like nothing that you can. say. Oh yeah. You know, that's that's certain and right that year this year coming up. It's just it's it's going to be interesting and fun to watch. Burma, you were going to say hey, something. Go I- ahead.
3: I was just—I have a question for you guys, and I don't want to go into a whole fucking side tangent about this, but just everybody could chime in. What are your thoughts on the three batter rule? And if you do want a batter rule, one, two, three—like, where do you sit? Because personally, I would have no problem with a two batter rule, but I think three just seems excessive. So I just want to—I just want to hear what you guys think.
2: Yeah, I think it's gonna kill. The market for the situational lefty, the loogie. I could see maybe better limit three. I mean, if the guy comes in and let's say there's two guys on, say there's two two batters on, and he walks the first two, walks in a run, he's got to stay out there to pitch with the bases loaded because oh he's got to get his third batter. I just I'm I'm not. You got
0: to pull him for injury, and he's it's 15 day IL this year, so. Yeah, I mean, it's... Right. Jesus.
2: It's, it's
0: it, it, is it's that, that really... Yeah, that's the way around it. That's the way around
4: it. Oh, he's injured. Pull him out. Yeah, yeah fuck it's Manfred.
0: It, it, it's terrible for baseball. This does not speed up the game. Manfred, if you want to do something about fucking baseball, stop the blackout rules. Just stop them. You know, and, uh, you know, maybe... Maybe instead of Tuesday night games, be a discount night. Do that occasionally. Oh,
2: and hey, don't kill the minor leagues, you fuck.
0: Yeah, that would be a fucking nice idea too. No, I mean it's they're all gonna, the shit. It's
3: all it's all great. It's all great talk, but they're not going to do anything that you know. But, plus revenue. I mean, that's just not.
4: what the three batter rule is garbage. Um, it's I hate it, um, and I think people are going to avoid it. Oh, our, all of our pitchers. Our entire bullpen is now day to day. And so when they go out there, okay, one batter and I, I feel a pinch in my shoulder, pull them out. I think of every game. You can't make an injured player pitch.
0: That's exactly what's going to happen.
4: Yep. Yep. Every pitcher is going to be day to day for the entire season on every team.
0: Might as well start as a am- service between Louisville and, and Great American Ballpark because you make a lot of money. I am shocked, shocked.
2: The Players Association hasn't fought this. Oh, <laughs> wait till twenty twenty one. Woo! Your thoughts?
1: I, I think you're going to have plenty of complaints during the season, and then it's going to rear its ugly head in the playoffs, and everyone's going to lose their minds. Um, I agree. I, I think it's stupid. I think there would have been a, a better way to implement it. Uh, limit the number of pitchers you can have in an inning, potentially, as a way to to if you want that same end effect without locking it in. You've got to, you know, to kill the loogie, so to speak, or something like that. Uh, maybe you could have gone that route, but overall I hate it. So while we
2: change topics real quick here. Baseball America recently, as in recently meaning this week, came out a list that, where they ranked every Major League Baseball team's draft performance in the last decades, the 2010s. And your Cincinnati Reds came in 30th. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but there are 30 Major League Baseball teams, so the Reds were last. I know Doug Gray, shout out to Doug, he was not a fan of this ranking. Doug, of course, runs RedsMinorLeagues.com, and he works for pretty much every other one. I mean, he writes for everybody. But coming in dead last for an entire decade of drafts, I can't say that I completely disagree with that. Because outside of outside of a couple of guys who hit, I mean... There's been a lot of players who just have not made it, that the Reds have drafted. Of course, a lot of that was under the former regime, not not Dick Williams. You know, we're talking Walt Jockety, and I think it would go back to even Wayne Kresge. But Branch, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on the Reds being the worst, having the worst draft picks?
0: Um, it makes sense because the latter part of, uh, the Walt Jockney era, I think the guys that are in charge now have been doing a pretty good job. Uh, I wish they had got clinic instead of, uh, India, that they didn't want to take a high schooler. they wanted to take a college player, hoping for a quicker route. And anytime you try to cut corners, it doesn't really seem to work out except for like maybe Mike Lake. The, uh, the idea of taking a reliever and turning them into us because they throw gas but they only have two pitches. That was something at the very end of, of Jockety's <laughs> tenure that that was done a bunch. Shout out to and, Nick Howard. Yeah, and 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 it's just failed. It failed miserably. And in the draft, those uh, that them first and second round picks, they're precious because after the chances, of even making the major leagues, is just it's astronomical. Uh, I can't remember the number, but I think of the third round, you get an 800, 800 to one chance to make the the major leagues. I think you know. Which, is why, you know, when you look at Tyler Malley actually making it, you're like, whoa. It, it just doesn't happen. So I can see why they rated him that way the first part of the decade really bad. They were drafting that high when they were winning either. That doesn't help. But uh, yeah, the reliever to pitcher thing, I think is what really hits that little starter. Burmy. Well,
3: yeah, it's not a secret that they haven't drafted well. And it's also not a secret that uh, a lot of the draft picks haven't really panned out. And I... You know, I don't dive into it as deep as Doug. With all due respect to Doug, uh, it hasn't looked great. (laughs) So they have one of two options. Either A, draft better, you know, get more scouts, get more analysis, get more everything. Or B, you know, start winning a little bit so free agents will come. I mean, they really have two options. When you're a small market team, you can either draft really well and hold a lot of control for now. Uh, over your draft picks or you start winning and free agents want to sign with you because the market size doesn't matter when. And that's sport over sport. You know, some people have weather, some people have whatever. You know, if you win, free agents will sign with you. So they basically have two options it's draft well or win. And they don't always go together as certain franchises uh, throughout sports, especially baseball, have shown. But that's basically what it comes down to is draft well and hope that you can win with your draft picks. Or start winning and people will sign with you.
4: So, All right, Ken. They were behind the eight ball, as Branch said. If drafting when they were, they were good in 10, 11, 12, 13. Um, so they were, they were picking in the 20s um it, it's going to be harder you're not going to find um that elite talent um so that part yep they, they were just behind the eight ball there and then the other half is it's a, a, it's a bad decision i guess they're they're desperate for content but you can't i think it's a poor analysis to release the the rankings in 2020 when four years of drafting is incomplete um, the last few years with Senzel and Stevenson and India and Lodolo look very, very promising. Are they draft they major leaguers yet? Of course not. But when you're ranking the entire draft on major league war, all those players have zero war. Nick Lodolo has the same war as Nick Travieso. Um, Jonathan Lee has the same war as Jeff Gellilich, who first round pick. So, yeah, they both have zero. Um, Good now, point.
0: In, awesome point in,
4: in five years, um I'm guessing that the Reds will be a lot higher with those um they get they get, they get credit for Groundall, who has significant war. they get credit for Leak, who has significant war um, but um the last few years,
1: obviously zero war because they're still in the minors.
2: Woo, we'll finish us off on this one.
1: I don't care about the rankings at the end of the day. uh you know a lot of what Ken just said is true um you know we have. New leadership in the front office, and we've seen a lot of changes. One of them is with player development. Um, you know, pitching, top to bottom. Uh, not you know, it used to be we've heard stories, plenty of them. Uh, you know, one layer of miners, you'd be told this. Next layer of miners, you'd be told that. Uh, that is all gone now, and I think you're going to see a great improvement in player development now. And um, as Ken said, you know, our, our more recent draft look to be a better quality because the Reds, you know, sucked at that time um, uh, are going to be developed through that. Uh, so yeah, give us four or five years. Let's see where we're at. I don't really care about it at the end of the day. You know, we're, we're in a new era of Reds baseball. And, we'll, you know, I, I think we're going to have a much better result, so to speak, uh, in the next 10 years when it comes to drafting and player development.
2: All right. So earlier today, I solicited a question for the podcast using the hashtag #ShouldGoYourself. yourself. <laughs> the first question was from Burmy, who you asked hashtag should go and fuck yourself. Where does Phil get off? I don't want to know where Phil gets off. I'm sorry. We're going to skip that because yeah, I, I I I've got to
0: unmute. I've got to unmute for the question. So you got, you got to be able to hear
2: me. Loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to no. Uh Derek Dietrich's son at <laughs> born to disappoint. That's a, that's a, that's a good at. He asked the questions, uh, where does Shogo play if center do you expect happens to Senzel? I don't. I think it's up in the air if he plays center or right or even left. And then if Galvis is going to be the short, is Galvis going to be opening day shortstop? If not, who is? Um, Galvis is the opening day shortstop unless a trade is made. What do you all think?
0: Uh, I, think I think Galvis is the opening day shortstop right now. Uh, and I don't – I do – think from what way they were talking I think L is our center fielder and I really do um, if you look through his stat cast data his speed is amazing the only only down thing on his stat cast data being a center fielder is jump time and you would expect that from a first year center fielder uh, they can see that he can turn into something really really good there and if he's on the team and doesn't go get us a shortstop with him or they don't go get a shortstop with him then I think he's the A center fielder for the Reds. You know that puts show go in the corners.
2: Yeah, I think I think that too.
4: Having think, too many center fielders is way better than not than not having any or not having enough. Yes, so, it is. Yeah,
1: the Reds act <laughs> two now. Yeah, it's I would. It's, it's way
4: one. easier to put a center fielder to the corner than it is a than it is a corner to Absolutely, to center field. I would so, m- totally.
2: I would much rather see a center fielder playing left than Jesse Winker playing center.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes,
2: and you know that's that's not a knock on Jesse. That's Whoa. just that's just how the team was constructed. he's yeah.
0: not really fast. I mean, he. I mean, he
2: he did his best. That's I mean,
0: polite, Brand. <laughs> he he did it when he played there last year. Luckily, he didn't really get exposed.
2: Hey, he's faster than me.
0: He there long enough, he's got to get exposed.
2: He's he's faster than me, and so that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. So,
4: can- one of the things that I think the Reds have improved, which is helping, their, which is going to help their defense, is is the shifting analytics and spray charts. Um, with that, you can get away with a winker in center field for for a few games, um, and I really, really like as a defensive replacement, um, especially if he's not going to pitch. Um, he played really, really well in the outfield last year. Um, so now you're looking at Winker for six or seven innings in center field instead instead of eight or nine or ten.
2: Yeah,
1: Chappage If you're a red
0: starting pitcher and you turn around and you see Winker in center field, how do you feel about it?
4: You throw you throw a lot of sinkers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I throw away, 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 away. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so Kev didn't use the hashtag, goddammit, but uh, at new inish is his new at. He asks, What do you think the Reds would have to give up to get Seeger? And uh, as a response to that, Mark Spurlock said the Silver Bullet Bands, which was a good, pretty good comeback. But it depends. Yeah. I think Lodolo, probably.
3: Or Cavs, 77 kids.
2: Yes. I mean, because uh, I don't think they would want India. Whoa. Because, I mean. They're the trade green. Well, I mean. They would love green. I mean, but if you were the Dodgers, who would you want? The guy coming off Tommy John, who. Of course. Or Letters. Lodolo.
3: I
0: would,
3: the way they're hoarding like, they want green. I'd want Amir Garrett too.
0: Yeah, I was thinking of Glacius
3: Nah a lefty, a lefty that can do the same thing as Rizel is more valuable. Yeah, it is. You're right.
2: Although without the knifey spoony aspect of the three batter minimum, this is that is valuable. I don't
3: think. I don't think. I don't think it matters for Amir Garrett. I think he can get anybody out. I think that slider is good enough.
2: Oh, to I, get out! Oh, I love Amir out. Yes.
3: Yeah, oh, no, I, and I'm not just, like, pumping, pumping tires here. Like, I'm saying, I think Amir Garrett's his stuff is good enough to get both sides of the plate out, and I think that's something that baseball's going to realize in the next couple of years with this dumb fucking rule is there's going to be more value on guys that have a pitch that translates to both sides of the plate, like a change, a devastating change-up or a really good sweeping slider or an insane two-seamer. And Amir Garrett has that slider and his fastball, is good enough on its own. So
1: God
3: I think I love can love both Amir.
1: sides. Yeah. yeah. I love Amir, but yeah. I love Amir. Uh, Amir's pretty. I mean, let's look at the splits here last year. And uh, on base wise, it's pretty much even. He gives up a, a significantly more slugging against righties. But overall, I mean, yeah, you could see you selling yeah. somebody on that.
4: MLB Network had a um, feature on the best pitches. Um, and Amir Garrett had the best slider. Yeah. Yeah. and it wasn't even close. His his OPS against was was silly low um, with that slider. It's so devastating. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So our next question comes from Kapler at Team Captain Oh Eight. He asks uh, hashtag Show Go and Go Fuck Yourself. At this point, who is more realistic to acquire for short out of Lindor, Story, Corray, and Seeger? Hmm.
0: Yeah. St- story story probably story
2: and <laughs>
4: Gavin Lux plays shortstop yes because the it, uh, Dodgers are did, trying though. to make him a second base.
2: yeah i if think if the Dodgers,
4: it, if Lux can play shortstop that don't have to get Lindor to play short that means they can trade Seager um i do not want Trevor Story, um, I will, and I will die on the hill of his splits. Okay. Those are
2: awful. Those splits are awful. They're
4: only bad because he plays in the NL West. The I, NL don't, West I disagree. The
3: NL West has I awful am. ballparks to hit in outside of Colorado. Branch and I have delved into this very far. Yeah, we have. He, he hits very well in the NL Central and East. He does. <laughs> it's the NL West that fucks his splits. So everybody thinks, oh, his aways are terrible. Well, yeah. You go hit in San Francisco, Chavez Ravine, Arizona. Yours aren't be good either. Arizona's hitters so, park. No, Arizona is uh, not a right-handed hitters park. It's and, a left-handed, and, hitter's
0: and he does better in Arizona than any other other parks, other than course. Yes. And if, but if you a, look at him in in the central and in the east, it's and if you break it down by stadium, it it's his his splits are still a little better, but it's nowhere sure to the point that when you just look at his just straight splits, they're exaggerated because of those big ballparks out there. He's
3: the because worst of he's the, not,
0: he's technically not a power hitter.
3: Yeah. He's well, kind he's of an the, base guy. He he's the worst of all four, but he's not as utterly fucking miserable as people make him out to be based no. on his splits. He's because not. his his splits are fucked by pitchers' ballparks.
2: Well and I'm not convinced that the Rockies would even move him or considering moving uh, Aaron Arenado. I mean, if you do move Arenado, then why not just tear the whole thing down? Because you're not even I still trying. Still, don't
0: see that happening. They will. I think they I, will. I still, don't see him. He's 35 million it, for two years, and they're going to want to haul for him. Well, Maybe, he's smart. actually 70 million for two years.
3: It'd be smart to move Arenado near the deadline, so the team that gets him gets as little as possible, but they get two playoff runs. But I think if they do deal Arenado, then everybody's on the table because what they're holding on to then
4: are you going to empty your farm for a player who's going to opt out in two years? Um, That's point.
0: Opt out?
2: It's a, it well, would depend. The Mets depend. are a
0: small market team. The Mets should do it. But the Mets aren't act like a small market team
3: in New York City. Yeah, I mean, there are certain, the, markets, there are certain markets that would do it not give a fuck if he opted out because they'll probably sign him anyways. Mm-hmm. So I think it just depends on what market decides that you know he's worth the value.
4: I lost Strasburg.
2: All right. Next question comes from Joshua Rutherford. He, this is a pretty good question. Hashtag yeah. show go and go fuck yourself. Emily beats their shit together and does the right thing. Of 32 teams, two leagues, four divisions of four. Who are you adding? If the, if baseball were to add two teams, where do you want them? And I know we've we've kind of talked about this before, but it's been a while. So, uh, woo, you go.
1: Well, the obvious first choice is Montreal.
2: Um,
1: but that, Mexico City.
2: Little international flavor,
1: yeah. Just go south of the border. I agree. and also also I would uh, like to screw divisions. I, I would love to just have NL, AL, and a balanced schedule in both, and and pick your playoff spot. You know, have your top ones get. You know, you still have your wild cards and that type of thing. But you know, that kind of I, I'd like to see that more than well. You expansion could, overall, but if expansion makes that happen, I'd be all for it. I just, st- I really want a balanced schedule. You
2: could still have a balanced schedule with four divisions of four teams, though. Yeah, yeah, true.
1: I mean, there's ways around it. it. Just depend, you know, you might have to shorten the season, and that kind of stuff comes into play, and which I'm all for actually. You know, baseball, especially some years, it's just ridiculous. Like we can shorten these in a bit and expand the playoffs a bit, uh, and get away away from these short series. But
0: you think 154 um, would be better?
1: Yeah, I'd I, I be all for that to make the playoffs.
4: They're not
0: giving you
1: away revenue. Yeah,
2: there's no. eh, ways around that. I. I think that if two teams are going to be added, and I'll go here, you're going to add one in the east and one in either the west or the southwest, like you were saying with Mexico City. Um, I think Montreal makes a lot of sense. And then I think Vegas is probably going to be the next team after that. People talk about Portland all the time or maybe Charlotte or Nashville, but the NHL has been an unbelievable success in Vegas. The NFL is going to be a huge success. It's only a matter of time before the Major League Baseball is in that city.
3: Coop, can I hop in? Go for it. I think you move the Tampa Bay Rays to Montreal. That solves a problem. Montreal deserves it. And then I think Nashville deserves a team. And the reason ah. I think Nashville... No, Nashville deserves it because it breaks up the Braves' influence, which is dumb. It kills then, the Reds. Eh, not really. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would. Man. Yeah, it does.
2: Uh, oh, a it, lot. It,
0: Come on. Kentucky, man.
2: Southern Kentucky? Southern Kentucky is Reds'
1: country.
0: Middle to Western... Well... The middle part of Kentucky, it fucks. Yeah. Then fine. Then fuck.
4: Give it to Charlotte.
1: Them. Give it to Charlotte.
0: Then, then put him in Charlotte.
1: Every so you
0: add
4: is going to bust it on somebody's market. Every team they've added, except for yeah,
1: except
2: for Montreal and Vegas.
0: I, well, I, no, see, I, I like the idea of moving the Rays to to, to Montreal. And
3: Coop, but, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with Vegas because Nashville has become a hockey town, and Vegas is also a hockey town now. And I think they would both just pick up on baseball, which is a season that competes minus a plus on 0% like a week with their hockey team. So I think it's a perfect fit for both Vegas and Nashville. And that's why I thought of Nashville. Charlotte, fine. I mean, the Hurricanes are in Raleigh, but whatever. You know, Charlotte or Nashville, move Tampa to fucking Montreal because Tampa's just Red Sox. Yankees, ALEs, Reds, whatever, fans. There's no Rays fans. They don't fucking exist. And then put a team in Vegas because somebody else is putting a team there, so you might as well stay on the trend.
2: Branch, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I I, I go uh, move the Rays to Montreal, Portland, and Vegas. Um, It takes care of some stuff up there. There needs to be a rivalry between Portland and Seattle. Take some travel out of Seattle.
2: So trying to jump uh, in on the whole Timbers uh, Sounders kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that kind of deal. Yeah, I in with doing that. If you have to, uh, NL, then you can. Honestly, it made more sense for that for both teams to be AL. So you might have to give the Astros back.
2: Well, there would be and, major realignment if yeah, you went to be, the four be divisions realignment,
0: You know. I, and I have no problem with Cleveland and, and Cincinnati being in the same division.
1: Hell, yes. Make that you happen. Know?
0: I mean, that would be great. It would be awesome.
1: It would be great for baseball. I mean, yeah. you could
2: have Detroit, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, <laughs> and Cincinnati.
0: Yes. That would be a great
3: division. I, refu- I refuse to be in a division with the racist mascots.
4: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and die on that mountain, buff.
2: <laughs> then you could have I'm
4: the
2: – No, go ahead, Ken.
4: As many old people that live in Florida, how is baseball not popular?
0: Because they don't We're, care about the teams there. Well, They, they root for the, the Yankees and the Red Sox.
2: Well,
3: Because
0: yeah, they're all from the Northeast.
2: That's, that's, that's the part.
4: In
0: the northeast
3: and and, the, the, Reds, and, to, and yeah. the Reds and the Orioles and the Blue Jays and the Tigers, the Indians. And Tropicana,
2: Tropicana Field, a good 45 minutes from Tampa. I feel like no, the those traffic. It's
4: like the cold, woo, and they just kind of stay did, there, you know? Why did they build that stadium there? That's a terrible place for it a
2: stadium. It was awful.
1: I, I, want, I, want an out- I want an outdoor stadium, still with the catwalk, so we can have the same ground rules, though. But the yes. Thing, okay.
2: But with but <laughs> the, when you look at the other Tampa teams that are in actually Tampa, the Buccaneers and the Lightning, they do well. Yeah. But the Rays That's being old, so bad. One,
3: one hockey is a oh transplant. God. No, hockey is a transplant sport. You can you can move to a different city, and if they have a hockey team, you may or may not have had one from. There's so a lot of Canadians e- that retired to Florida too? Well, and it's also, well, but they, but they have a team already. Like yeah. it's, it, it's generally easier to like, like Vegas, like it's a, tra- it's a transplant town. So like you come from somewhere that doesn't have a hockey team and bam, you pick up the golden knights. Like it's different with baseball because wherever you come from, you probably have a baseball you grew up loving. So you don't, you're not really willing to switch at an older age because you grew up, you know, baseball's all about nostalgia. You grew up with the team. Whereas hockey doesn't have that nostalgia factor for a lot of Americans, so if you move to a city that has a hockey team, you're like, "Oh, fuck it! I'll just pick it up and you know run with it. It'll be fun."
2: Well, so, and the gold so, the Golden Knights had the advantage of being the first pro team in Vegas,
3: and then they also they had no expansion brothers, so they fucked oh, yeah. the dream of the crop. You know, went to the final in their first year. Right. I, I could rant yeah. about that for hours. But, but, yeah. but
0: could you imagine what Vegas would do with the baseball team? It'd be, it'd be fantastic.
2: Oh, Literally, it's just it's like with the, the Raiders. That's going to be amazing.
0: There's, the the stadium a casino.
3: Yes. The stadium leads into a casino like it's fucking 2024
4: in the rest of the country already.
2: Ken, what are your thoughts on expansion?
4: Yeah, um, it going back to Montreal, but I was at the last, the Reds played in Montreal the last 20 years ago or whenever they shut that stadium down. We walked up the day of the last game and bought seats three rows from the field, from the box office. No one cared about baseball in Montreal. There might be 10 diehard fans who are really, really vocal, but um, it was stunned about how poorly they brought back all the old players, Andre Dawson and Gary Carter, etc. And nobody gave a damn. Um, I don't think Montreal is a viable market. There are markets that are big enough. Atlanta could support a second team. Um, St. Louis could support a second team just because they love baseball.
1: Those fans so, of baseball.
2: No,
4: <laughs> they're, they're asshole fans, but no, um, they like their baseball. Uh, realignment would be great. With I love the idea of Cincinnati and and Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Detroit all in the same division, or if if they want to steal some of those football rivalries uh, uh, and align close to football, you get thirty two teams. I think it can be done. Um, if if that would happen, I think the DH comes into both leagues, and I think there's major realignment.
1: Yeah, yeah. sweet, sweet DH, baby. It's hurting <laughs> every NL team when it comes to signing free agents, and pitchers can't hear shit. shit.
0: So
2: please! please. So, speaking of DH, for the
0: old fuckers that are listening to this, I'm an old fucker, and if you think the Reds need to go back to being in the NL West, fuck off. That was horrible as a kid. There was no chance in hell I was able to stay awake long enough to listen to those damn games. Stop stop with it. The DH also needs to come in. It's over. It's done. The DH rules. Pitchers hitting sucks.
2: So, Ken, you actually had the next question here. You asked, uh, hashtag should go and fuck yourself, who is most likely not to make the roster of these three candidates as currently constructed? Alex Blandino, Kyle Farmer, and Josh Van Meter. I voted in your poll
1: for Alex Blandino. That's where my vote would be.
4: Uh, I listed each of those players because they each have a specialty. Blandino's the only backup, uh, backup shortstop. Kyle Farmer was often used as the third catcher and was the starting catcher before they had to go to Juan Gratterall. And shout out to Ryan Lavarnway and
1: get that man a Josh
4: Maynard played twelve positions last year. I think he even was a bullpen catcher for a couple of games. Um, <laughs> so as a super utility, he was super. He was really valuable. Um, so. That's why I specifically chose throw three players, and also they're kind of the last three players. Of Aquino has a spot. Uh, maybe Aquino goes back to AAA. I don't really know the answer. That's why I wanted to ask you guys.
0: Throwback, throwback to earlier in this podcast about, about draft picks. When was Alex Landino drafted? One what round? He's
2: First sandwich runner, I think. Yeah.
0: Yes, he was. First round draft pick, and we're throwing him away.
1: I'm not saying throwing him throwing
0: away. away. Well, we're not throwing him away, but he ain't making the roster. Probably.
1: Probably. not. That point two R from last year. Holy boom!
0: Hey, hey, hey! But but his ERA <laughs> or though <his laughs> <Javito. laughs> more than
4: Nick Howard.
2: Our next question comes from Jay at Diehard VC Fan Fifteen. He asks, uh, "I should go and fuck yourself." Where is everybody's favorite spot to watch a ball game inside Great American Ballpark? I think we've somewhat discussed that before. I I like the uh, the sun deck slash moon deck. What do you all
1: think? Any place with shade. I, I love the Bowtie bar because
4: yes. they have shock top for the price of a Bud Light, and I don't have to drink Bud Light. I and mean, then it's the only non shitty beer for that price.
2: I can tell you the worst spot is in the middle of the summer when it's ninety degrees and sunny. Is the bleachers? Oh,
4: yes,
0: it's oh. horrible.
4: Oh, I oh, never bleachers
0: what brings shade, you to mind, what to mine is on just, the first base, on the on the first base side scout box nah. uh yeah about probably 16
2: 17 rows up yeah they pretty much
1: fuck. I also put me in the, me in the fucking handle I also handlebar, yeah, handlebar I, <laughs> handlebar's nice.
2: I also like Casey's corner shout out to Kentucky Reds girl gal Casey's corner is down well I'm not going to tell you where it is you need to know where it is but it's it's in a good spot Decent foul ball spot, even though I never got one there. So John Yarberry didn't use the hashtag, but what percentage chance do you give the Reds to win the division with the current as constructed? As of right now, I would go 50% chance. I still think they need another bet.
1: 34.3%. Yeah, I'm like in that range. 40, maybe. No. Why are you lying? You're
3: like .1. No,
1: no. The rest, of, the rest of the division had not done much. So I just don't think the Reds have made up enough yet. Yeah, I still think uh, they need
4: I saw some interesting posts. Uh, Matt Vaskursian
1: oh, uh, yeah. posted
4: them to <laughs> pick him to win the division with 90 games, and Ken Rosenthal had him in second with 86 wins, I think. Um, the Reds were significantly under their Pythagorean projection. Um, it, it's not unreasonable to think they could be that far over it next year. If they were five games unlucky last year, they could be five games lucky next year.
0: I I'll, I can, yeah, I'll give them about a 65% because that starting rotation is oh. solid.
4: Wow. It's really good. It's, it's really, really
0: good. It's
4: really good. Especially with Miley. I'm a big Wade Miley fan. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's the only – and right now we have depth. I mean, we might not have depth by the time we get to the opening day. But right now, as far as pitching goes, there's depth. And, and I, so I'll go about 65% and I win the division.
1: I think they're in those mid eighty win range, right? Uh, you know, I would
0: uh, guess eighty five to ninety, or maybe that's high a little bit. Yep. It, I agree.
1: Just gonna <laughs> depend upon how much the division kind of falls out and right. luck luck and injuries and all that good stuff. So
0: if there's no injuries to the starting rotation, it could be really great, but we all know how
2: that's gonna go. Well, and that's also assuming that teams in the division like the Cardinals aren't gonna go out and make a big deal either, so Well on paper
0: the Cubs are still probably the best team they got a first year manager. There's some things going on there, you know, as far as just pure war goes, I think the Cubs are still the best team.
2: So Steven Ortlieb at Steven Ortlieb, he has a question that I'm not sure where it's hashtag should go and go fuck yourself. What gif would you, and I said, gif, it's not GIF, it's gif. What gif would you use to describe the Reds oh, offseason thus far? <laughs> uh, we can't really do that on a podcast. Uh, it's gif. It's not GIF. It's gif. Gif.
1: Thank you.
2: I'm slapping you. It's gif. It's, it's not GIF, gif.
3: Because it's a graph, it's a graphic image. So if you say gif, you're just wrong.
2: It's not a gific. It's a graphic. Uh, people. Yeah, it's gif.
3: Well, most people understand fucking English. <laughs> you work in IT, so you clearly don't. <laughs> uh,
2: anyway, yeah, we'll move boom. on. We'll move on.
3: <laughs> I'm just I'm just teasing you, Will. you know it's love buddy.
2: So Jesse, sure. our friend from Australia, Jesse Byrne <laughs> at JBSON1992, he asks, uh, hashtag #Shogo and go fuck yourself. What, do you guys, what are your guys' thoughts on having one of the Reds high on base as hitting low in the order? If he Winker and Senzel, those two plus, Shogo and Vado, what are your thoughts of having one of them hitting down in the order? Say ninth, cheers and cheers. I'm big on your highest on base percentage of guys at the top of your lineup. Because yeah. that, the more the more at-bats, you want you want the guys who get on base to get the most at-bats. That's my yeah. thinking of
3: it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that, like, if Tucker Barnhart has a similar OBP as, say, Freddie Galvis, then, yeah. I mean, you could fuck with it a little bit at the bottom. Like, you know, maybe have someone who's better hit ninth than eighth versus seventh or whatever. But if it's drastic, then, yeah, you put him at the top of the lineup. I don't know.
1: As
0: long as, as long as we don't have a DH in the NL, it's it, there's a hole and there nothing you can do about it. Yep. So you're screwed. I I like how he's thinking. It's very you know, maddening of him. Uh, you know, but it, it, you can't double stack like some teams in the American League do. Well, I I don't give a shit how good your pitcher is hitting.
1: It, it's it's the pitcher. Yeah. know I, I okay. want the I want the Reds to have that problem or question. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so. um, and on base, I love on base. Don't get me wrong, uh, it's not everything. Obviously, you know you gotta look at overall production. So you know you could have a high OBP player who, you know, doesn't produce a lot. Um, you know, an average WRC plus or something like that. And maybe you know stick that something like that. So,
0: hey uh, Jesse, to to you and all you people down in Australia. Uh, gosh damn, we're all thinking about you. You
1: know. Yeah.
0: It, it's fucked up down there right now. Yeah, the, fly over here,
3: fly over here, and catch a ball game with us, Jesse. Yes, yeah. You
2: come to Cincinnati. Yes. Yeah. And each one of us will buy you a beer.
3: We'll pump. Uh, we will pump the fucking booze into you. Big
0: Drink guy. with Australia. We're
3: gonna have a good time.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not fun. pumping anything in it, anybody, but yeah,
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. i got some Australian buddies who can really pack it away. You fucking,
3: you fucking pervert.
2: So Stephen yeah. Offenbaker, the host of the. Reds Alert podcast. He has a question. Shout out to Steven. Yeah. <laughs> With Shogo official, could you see Joey Vado dropping to 6th or 7th spot in the lineup in Coop? Hashtag, #Shogo and fuck yourself. Thank you. Uh we couldn't <laughs> already but uh I don't want Vado down in 6th or 7th. I don't want Vado that low though.
1: I, if he, if I, he I, must... I don't I don't want him down there either but like last season. I mean, there's a discussion yeah.
2: to be there's, had. Well, you're you're right he's there. Yes. If he's still he's getting, getting on in. at least 360, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, if he's huh. if he's if his yeah. on base percentage is at least 360, then you don't move him down because you want you want him on base. Oh, hmm. oh
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: and i, I his, I'm not with his so slugging, like, but with his
4: slugging lower that even makes him more valuable at the top of the lineup, or should I say less valuable lower okay. lineup. Because he's not getting those well, extra hits to drive in runners from first and second.
1: Ideally, you start having a problem because you have a couple players that fill that role, and how much of that can you put at the top? And you got to s- distribute it. You know, you you know you got a Jogo you know, who maybe has l- very limited power compared to maybe or less power than Votto, right? So you know how much OVP you put in the top to then your more power-driven players in the middle there, and this Votto is still some pop left. You know what we'll to see. You know he kind of turned around there last month when he changed his stance and stuff. But yep. uh, you know maybe maybe it does work out that it makes more sense a little further down the lineup. But just it's, it's we're we'll have to wait and see. But I, I don't think it's a complete lock that hey man he's got to be at the top.
2: Well, and I think it's I think it would be good. To, uh, maybe we'll go around here and as the Reds are constructed today, what would the lineup be uh, for me? You have Shogo leading off in let's say right field. <laughs> Uh, I put Votto at second, Suarez third, Mustak is fourth. I would probably put Senzel fifth, Winker sixth in left, uh, then Galvis seventh, Barnhart eighth, and then the pitcher. What are your thoughts on that, uh, Branch, You go.
0: All right. Uh, uh, real quick on the last thing there with um, the lineup and stuff. I'm I haven't coached a baseball game since 2000 and I think 16. Um, the you let the book do your line up after a little bit. You put what you think's best, and then you adjust throughout a season. In most high school and, and most coaches do that. It's you know you hurt some feelings occasionally, but at the pro level, it kind of gets sticky. Anyway, line up though. Uh, I'm gonna go Shogo one playing right. Uh, I'm gonna go Vato two playing first. I'm gonna go Sinzel third playing center. I'm going to go Winker fourth. Uh, weaker slash Irvin in a platoon playing left, going batting fourth. Then I'm going to come with Suarez, uh, you know, uh, fifth and batting uh, and playing third. Bruce, uh, sixth, playing second. Uh, probably Barnhart, a uh, or seven or was seventh? Seventh and Galvis eighth before the pitcher. Woo.
1: It's going to be uh, Shogo, uh, Vol- and this is. As of right now, Vado uh, third would be Suarez. Fourth would be um, Moose. Uh, go with the platoon of Winker and Irvin. Um, sixth would be Sinzel. Seventh, uh, Barnhart, and eighth, Galvis. But that, I think there's gonna be there could be a lot of fluidity based upon, you know, matchups Sinzel. and stuff. Yeah. So, well, not only that, but just Sinzel, right? Second year, let's, he's coming off a shoulder too. Maybe mm-hmm. later in the year, he goes a little further up in the order. That kind of stuff too. So,
2: Burmy. Your lineup as to, as of today.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to disagree with on what everybody else
4: has said. Okay. Same thing.
2: Ken, you have any differences or
4: uh, Winker? Uh, I just looked up Winker splits and he rakes in the fifth spot for whatever reason. Obviously, a sample size isn't enormous, um, but his OPS is well over a thousand spot. I don't know if he just has a thing for runners on base, um, but with him down there, and now you no longer need his on base at the top. So, um, yeah, it does between seven and eight between Galvis and Barnhart. doesn't matter who's ever hitting better at the time. Yeah, Moose, fourth. um, I'm pretty much aligned with with most of what everyone else says.
2: Okay. Yeah, and the main reason I put Galvis over Barnhart is I just think Galvis is much better offensively than Barnhart. It's not like it's... It's not like he's great, but he's got a little bit of pop. Uh, anyway, so Jonathan Webster at J Webster Ten, he asks, hashtag should go and fuck yourself. Who will have the highest WAR for the Reds next year? I'm gonna go out of the box, and I'm just say Sunny Gray. Ooh,
4: I was actually gonna say Sunny Gray. I was gonna say Luis Castillo. I was gonna
3: say Castillo yeah well, i taking thinking pitchers does anybody have a non-pitcher suarez well i mean his war. the, his
4: the competition the competition at third base is so high though that that decreases yeah. war mm-hmm. yeah it, you put suarez it's there, right. at third, and it's short and his war is going to explode but at third base yeah. who you're competing against
0: you know what if first, you, you know what 35 homers like we expect him
3: to that's going to be pretty high yeah, Mike Mike Wistakis may have a damn high WAR. Yeah, he
0: might. Days. Yeah, he's probably sending 35
2: homers.
0: Please, I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: All right. So uh, Jim Conley at Reds Baseball JC, he asks, and this is a this is a few questions here. hashtag Should go and fuck yourself. What happens first in 2020? Coop gets a 19-night from the Reds. Aristides Aquino hits 40 home runs. Or Phil successfully defeats a man over the age of seventy in a physical altercation. The
3: second option, and neither of the other two happen. Yeah.
2: Damn it. Well, yeah, Phil is never going to beat somebody over the age. Of is 70. the
0: Keno, Does that count if Kino's in the minors?
2: He didn't say, so we'll just we'll just say oh, that's a loophole. He,
0: yeah, he'll, hit he'll run,
2: yeah. yeah,
1: We'll say that's a loophole. <laughs> Jared.
0: loop
4: <It> is <was> hilarious. <laughs>
1: Going back to the last question real quick, you guys yeah. don't want to know who uh, Steamer has as the projected war leader for this year? Yeah, who? Yeah, who? Bauer. Wow. Wow. Four. Four 4.2.
0: Hmm. Man, that 2018 is really playing in there, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's Bauer 4.2, then Castillo at 3.8, I mean, and then Gray at 3.5.
0: If we get Bauer that's 2018, fa- I'm that's a That's fantastic. If yeah. that happens,
3: that's fantastic. Suarez yeah. is the
1: highest uh, hitter at two and a point nine. That, okay. Followed by followed by Moose to two
4: feels, one. That pitching is that so feels fucking really good low. That, holy
1: shit. So if Bauer
4: leads his rotation in war. Um,
1: trade his play-off. ass. Yes. You can print <laughs> Trade his ass. <laughs> so if Bauer's that off the rails and that good. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Ooh, so. Jeremy has the next ADHD theater. Why does it burn when I pee? Hashtag should go and fuck yourself. Well, this is a family web, uh family podcast, but, um, I think it has something to do with what you're putting your things into.
0: Jerry's My dad.
2: Yeah, that's Jeremy is, uh, uh, your dad's
0: a whore there, Burby. Oh no. <laughs> 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 I think it's the syphilis
4: chair. So get that. Yeah. Like that.
2: Yeah. avoid the clap
4: Jimmy Dugan <laughs>
2: <laughs> so <laughs> the Russian has a shot at somebody on another podcast and I don't know if I should read it or not uh,
3: fucking fucking rights do it
2: <laughs> his <laughs> name is the residue is doing at Tay Dunnit he asks hashtag should go and fuck yourself is shagogo firmly dubbed boomer speak thanks to old get off my lawn bill lack
0: That's totally acceptable but I don't really think so Pick me
2: up before shagogo Wow <laughs> <laughs> First of all That's shout out boomer joke yeah. shout, shout out to Red Leg Nation Bill Lack is on with Chad Dotson and um, but yeah I, <laughs> um I don't know I'm just going to leave it at that. So that'll get us to the uh, Tom Brennan Memorial Cornhog of the Week. We'll go around the room and pick the biggest dick of the week. Uh, why don't we start with Wu this week?
1: Yes, I'm going with uh, Paul Dottery and his uh, Hall of Fame ballot. Or just him in general, but specifically his Hall of Fame ballot. Um, they need to take away his vote. Yes. Uh, that's me being kind, so... Did he win? Um, I didn't even know. If no, he didn't won.
0: win. He came in close. That's the one I had
2: the last. Box oh yeah, that was Ohio State fans. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, he we'll re-nominate him.
1: Yeah, it was it was a horrible it horrible ballot. And yeah, Branch, your nominee.
0: Uh in light of certain things, we're gonna go instead of picking on the Astros for once. We're gonna go Alex Cora. I think he, uh you. That man's sitting in a sauna right now, sweating bullets. He might, uh, he might not be coaching the, the old uh, bloody sock Boston Red Sox <laughs> come the beginning of the season.
2: The ketchup up Boston Red Sox?
0: Yes, that one. Yeah, he might not be their manager. There's a really good chance of it.
2: Burmi, your cornhole of the week.
3: Anybody who negatively discussed Akiyama on any social media platform, fuck you. The man has not played a single game in Major League Baseball. But his stats in Japanese baseball say that he will be very good. So if you are doubting him because he hasn't played Major League Baseball yet, then fuck you.
1: Is that directed at me? Because I questioned it a little bit earlier. No, no, no.
3: No. Questioning questioning the actual statistical output is fine.
1: Okay.
3: I'm talking about the people that are like, oh, he won't be good because he's never played here and he's 32. Gotcha. How about we let it happen first, and then we'll, you know. I I have talk talk about people that don't think he'll be very good because he's Asian. Well, that bothers that's, me. That's asinine. Because yeah, that's just like, yeah, racism right there. Don't
1: disrespect the hit king. Come on. I don't, I don't, he I don't, is the I don't hit king. Dispro- I don't want to just call that's racism. That's what I'm saying. Don't disrespect I don't,
3: him. Di- I don't want to just call racism because then people just tune out. But I want them to hear that if you say that because he hasn't played here yet, at a certain age, Ichiro made his major league debut at 20, and the man ended up with 3,000 hits. So... There's a lot of American or American, you know, people from other areas of the world that started much and did not amass 3,000 hits and each row did it at age 27 and on. What so. 4192. Oh, Jesus. He also didn't fuck 16 year olds <laughs> when he was 35. Oh,
2: yeah, they were 14. Uh, Ken, oh, your, your nominee. <gasps> oh, fuck. Fuck. Your nominee. I'm
4: going with Boston College head coach Jeff Hafley. Wow, um, they played UC in the in the Birmingham Bowl, and he actually called fickle and wanted to, and wanted to forfeit the game because it was raining and storming. You're a <laughs> pussy. Play the game. As soon as I heard that, yeah. uh, I, I, to I respect oh, that. This was this was a football I respect game.
2: That. It was he the bowl game. Is, yeah.
4: It, it was
3: he, a. Ball he didn't, game. What is it? He didn't want her getting hurt before he took over next year. I respect that.
2: Uh, my corn hog of the week is going to be Tom Crean because fuck Tom Crean and Kentucky beat him this week. So, we
1: have four. So we have five nominees, right?
2: Well, it, I've got Paul Docherty, Alex Cora, Jeff Halfley, and Tom Crean because Burmese uh, nominee wasn't really a
1: person. Okay, that works. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry.
3: Sorry that what I say doesn't qualify as people.
1: <laughs> you struggle. You struggle with this concept, though. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Struggle with identifying who's people and who's not.
1: Correct. You <laughs> might have object permeance issues too. I don't uh, know. We'll... <laughs> well, thank God you're just a voice then. So exactly.
2: So how about we we'll wrap up this edition of the podcast? i uh, going to have a lot of editing. Uh, we'll go around the room. Everybody, uh, give their final thoughts. And let's start with Ken. Ken, give us your final thoughts.
4: This is probably the most balanced Reds team we've seen in a while. If they can add another bat at catcher or shortstop, most likely shortstop. They're going to be a really, really good team, especially considering the NL Central is going to be much worse. Um, the The pitching in 2012 12 was dynamite, but this is a much better
1: lineup than 2012. Uh, I'm really excited for this year.
2: Will we please go?
1: <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I Can we put Reds fans, everyone, uh, the one-run game stat to bed for last year? Can we see about it's it's a talking point about last year. It's reflecting on last year. It's not something that is uh, predictive in nature for next season. You know, it's it's a random thing at the end of the day. Uh, I'm tired of hearing about, uh, you know, they would have just won this many more one-run games. It's a what-if. It, do- it doesn't apply to 2020. You know, ideally, they're scoring more runs, and you're going to have a less chance of, you know, having th- that many run one games or... You're going to have fewer, you're going to have more, or you could lose all the one run games and win the rest and be a really badass team. Uh, I just, I'm tired of hearing about it. Um, it's like saying, hey, the Reds were 12 games under 500 on Tuesdays. If they just played 500 ball, they would make the playoffs. No one's going to say that. So can we just stop, please? Don't want to hear it anymore. We can talk about it if it happens to happen again in 2020. That's it.
2: Branch, your final thoughts.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: uh, this week's been fun. It's, it's been uh, – the show-go stuff's been great. the uh, Hot stove's kind of chilled out a little bit. I think it's about ready to pick back up. Um, really, really, really looking forward to this season coming up. I think – I think the Reds – as I said earlier, I think the Reds are in a great situation right now with, you know, as everybody else is saying, uh, got a nice balanced lineup. They've got some prospect capital. We've actually got some real capital. Or the Reds actually have some real capital. It's a, it's a great place to be in. And, um, you know, I hope everybody enjoys the next week. Hopefully we'll get some more at least shuffling in Major League Base. But, uh, but it, it hopefully it'll be a nice nice time here. This has been a great winter so far. And uh, it's, it's been awesome. And this podcast tonight's been a blast, guys. Thanks.
2: Thank you. Burmy, your final thoughts.
0: Do I sound better now?
3: Good. Go. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, I want to give a shout out to the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're playing out of their fucking minds. An absolute skeleton crew. Follow them. Love them. Embrace them. Be a fan. It's fun. Be a regional hockey fan. But not some scumbag that picks the fucking Blackhawks or the Rangers or whatever. Go Jackets. Or the Penguins. Or the. Oh, well, I don't even want to fucking mention them because they're not even worth it. But yeah be a jackets fan go to fucking killing it right now and i am super excited for opening day and yeah it's it's Akiami time boys
1: also shout out to Polly being a blackhawks fan
2: here's the thing shout out to Polly.
3: here's the thing
1: don't be a fucking blackhawks fan but shout out to paulie
3: <laughs> <laughs> a- love you Polly. akiyama forever and by forever i mean the next
2: three years So my final thoughts, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, Cincy Sports Gallery. What I've learned in my time in dealing with the Cincy Sports Gallery is they love it. They love it when you take your homemade paintings in there and ask for thousands of dollars for them. We
0: are going to have to hide your body, bro.
2: Ask for Cali. (laughs) Take your homemade paintings. Say your kids paint something. Take it in there and ask for like $500.
1: It's a Jackson Pollock of sports. I mean, come on.
2: I mean, I mean, Andy Warhol made a career out of a no Soup can. It, say you've got, like, oh. some old yellow, you know, newspaper clippings of, like, a Reds box score from, like, 1963. Oh. Take that on in there. They'll give you a dollar for it.
1: Those 90 Wheaties boxes. Take them in.
2: Yes. They, there's no, there's hardly any of those in existence. yeah
0: uh. <laughs> I feel better. And, uh, yeah, if you – and if, if, a real pro tip is if you if you're trying to get, get Cal- give you a better price, just ask when Mark will be back. The price will automatically go up. Oh
2: yes. Um, <laughs> always. If Callie doesn't give you the the deal, always ask for Mark. Always. <laughs> she loves that.
1: She's so, gonna murder us.
2: Not us, me. <laughs> so for
0: yes, she's gonna murder you.
2: <laughs> for Branch and Ken, Burmy and Woo, This is Coop saying we will talk to you later.
0: Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, where the river winds across the Mason and the Dixon line.